following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. What's going on, church family? Come on, how are you today? You feel good? Yeah, yeah. Most of you feel really good. Some of you we're gonna pray for at the end, but it's no problem. Good to see you. Hey, I, I wanna I wanna show you something that I rarely do, but I'm really proud of it. Are you ready? This is it right here. Mm, yeah. You know what that is? Hey, that's as as good as it gets on the dancing front for me. <laughs> Ted. Ted said, Brad, we're going to have to work on your dance moves at the beginning of the service. I said, Ted, there's no use in working on it. That is literally as good as it gets. So there's no, no need to work. But B, that is my happy dance, that this is the last service in the chapel before we move next door. Man, I'm excited. All the construction teams have been moving at a rapid pace um, to ensure that we are in there uh, next Sunday. And this week will be absolutely no different. They are, are moving quickly to, to knock everything out. And it is, it's an honor to call this church home. And I wanna ask you um, a, a question as we dive in today. Do I have any natural planners in the room? Like people that it just comes naturally to you that you are a planner. It's okay, you can raise your hand, don't be scared. I'm not gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a lot of planners in the room. Okay, well, let me tell you this too. If you are a planner, you'll wanna put this in your calendar. This is very important. If you're watching online, don't miss this because somebody will miss this, I promise you. I can say don't miss it and some of you will miss this. Next Sunday, we are moving to two services, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. because we will be in our new worship auditorium. So you will have plenty of room, do not worry. It was in the announcements, but I promise you, one of you, if you show up next Sunday at the wrong time, come up and tell me so we can laugh together because you realize how big of a deal I made it today. So if you're a planner, write that down. So here, here's what I've learned too. My wife is a planner, big time planner. We've been married 14 years and she plans everything. She actually just purchased a new planner. <laughs> We're approaching a new year. I guess it's necessary to purchase a new planner. Did you know that people still write in planners. This is, this is odd to me. Like, like with the real pen and pen, like pencil, not typing. I'm talking like handwritten, even cursive. Like this is amazing to me. And, and just the technology that is available today. Did you know that she also purchased with her new planner. We're gonna have a budget meeting after church. She purchased a, a pin pouch that attaches onto your planner. And you can purchase it in all different colors of suede. Like, I mean, it just, you just pick what you want. People are getting rich off of pin pouches for planners. Did you know that you can also buy stickers that go in your planner? You can buy stickers that say happy birthday. Why would you want a sticker that say happy birthday when you could write happy birthday in a planner with your own handwriting instead of putting it in your iPhone like a normal human? Because what you're gonna do, you're gonna put it in your iPhone as well and now it's gonna be in two places and you could have spent your time doing so much more fun stuff. For the next few minutes, I wanna preach to you from this subject, but God, I had a plan. But God, I had a plan. And here's what I've realized about life. 
is that when life doesn't go the way that we plan, it can throw us into orbit where we can't even function. And it can make us think things that we've never thought before. We can start talking things that we've never, we can treat family in different ways that we've ever treated them before. When life goes not according to your plan, it can throw you for a, a major, major loop. And I realize that the size of our audience today, those that are in uh, the lobby, those that are watching online, I understand that there's many of you that are walking through situations that you never planned that you would be walking through. Even today, and, and it's, it's, it hurts truthfully to know, and people in your sphere of influence as well, that, that are going through this Christmas season in search of a job because they don't have their job because of what we've, we've been walking through uh, this global pandemic. It's affected everybody. And it wasn't their plan, right? It, it wasn't their plan to walk through this medical battle during this season of life. Yeah, this, this, wasn't, this wasn't my plan. There, there's people that you know that would say, you know what, it's not my plan to be separated at Christmas. Like, I don't even know how we got here. Like, I had a plan that this was supposed to be amazing, but this Christmas, we're not even speaking. I didn't plan on having an empty seat at the Christmas table for our family dinner this year. This was, this was not my plan. And, and if you can identify with that in any, any shape or form, if you've had a plan walking into 2020 or walking in to this holiday season. And because life happens, maybe, maybe it's because of your own doing, maybe it's because life happened, but either way, your plans are totally messed up. Your plans are seemingly totally ruined. I have a feeling that you might be able to identify with two characters that are very familiar at this time of year, a woman by the name of Mary and a man by the name of Joseph. The parents here on earth of Jesus. And what's amazing, I don't know, we read the Christmas story a lot and you've, you could probably tell it by heart. But if you read the accounts of Mary and Joseph's life, have you noticed that like the big picture is there, but there's so many details that are missing. And for all of you planners, you need details, right? You don't like to not have the details. You need a sticker for every detail. Cassidy? But there's so many pieces that are missing. The highlights are there, but the details are not. And if you've ever double dated and you're just kind of trying to get to know another couple or something, this question always comes up. This is so funny how this happens. Every single time it always comes up. And women, you want to know the answer to this question more than men every time. I don't think I've ever heard a man ask this question, maybe once or twice. You're sitting down with him and you're like, so? How'd you guys get together, right? You wanna know the story, like how did you meet? How did you fall in love? What is your story? And my, my story is much shorter than Cassidy's story. She's got a long drawn out story, every detail, but mine is different, but, but this is a legitimate question. And I wanna ask that question today about Mary and Joseph. I wonder how they met. Bible doesn't really give us the details of how it happened. So for the next few moments, I'm gonna kinda just take my liberty and read between the lines uh, of scripture. Maybe, listen, here, here's what you have to understand is that they were normal young men and women just like you and I. And so we have a tendency 
to give them this like superhero character status where they didn't walk through the same things that we walked through. No, no, no. They had the same feelings and emotions that you and I would have today. And so, so let's walk through a possible scenario of maybe, just maybe, how Mary and Joseph would have met. Let's just pretend it's Wednesday. And Mary goes to the synagogue for youth service because she is a teenage girl who loves God. And so this is this would what would be the norm for her. And as she walks in the door, she, she takes her seat. She, she walked in a little bit late. Traffic was pretty bad as she was walking in. But she notices that there's a student leader who is bringing the message that evening. And she realizes, is that, that's Joe. I haven't seen him around here much. Joe is a charismatic and, and passionate leader and he's teaching from the book of Isaiah about the coming Messiah. And you remember back to your, your teenage years and youth service because most teenagers, sure they're there for Jesus, but there's also a little bit like teenagers that are there. Is there a good looking girl or a good looking guy who maybe we could go get coffee with? Like that happens. And so this happened here. Perhaps she just said, Dude, man, that's a great message, but look at Joe. Wow. Wow, look at his shoe game. That is impressive. Come on, Joe. Those sandals are on fire, bro. <laughs> they're trying to pay attention to the message, but they're, she's kind of captivated by this young man by the name of Joe. And, and after the teaching is over, they're kind of hanging out in the back, you know, just having conversation in their groups. And, and Joe walks over to her group. And the next thing you know, they're talking and conversation has been struck and, and She's wondering, is, is he interested? Is this, I mean, there's kind of, I can feel the connection as we talk. This is, hey, surely he's not. I'm, I'm several years younger than he is. He wouldn't be interested in me. And he starts asking her questions and she starts asking him questions. And she, she realizes this is good. He has a job. I see potential here. Like this is, the mother is slacker. They ain't got, this guy has a job. He makes furniture. I love furniture. This, this, could, this could be, this man, I see a future here. They agree during the course of conversation, they agree to meet for coffee at the local coffee shop in Nazareth there uh, because of course they're gonna keep it local, right? In Nazareth, keep, keep Nazareth weird. This was their slogan in the day. But coffee would go amazing. They would hit it off conversation would grow and she would meet his parents and he would meet her parents and they would spend so much time together almost every waking day. They were texting back and forth. They couldn't help it. They just, they just were falling. And one day, you, don't, you can't explain it. You can't really put your finger on it, but you know, like that you know that you know that every love song that she'd ever heard on the radio finally started making sense. Like, I get it, I know. This, there's something here. Like her and Joe were clicking but she has no clue that on the backside that Joe has been saving his furniture money up. He's been picking the perfect spot to ask for her hand in marriage. He's even got a photographer lined up to capture the perfect Instagram moment. And he bends down on one knee and he says, will you marry me? And she starts crying and he starts crying. She says, yes, and they embrace and they, they run 
to tell their parents because they're so excited about the plans that they're making for their life. And her mom starts to plan the wedding because this is what moms do. Congratulations, let's start planning the wedding. Like they get right there. They don't even, let's, let's plan the wedding. What's, what's it gonna be? It's what moms do. And we don't know exactly how it happened, but it had to happen something like this because they were normal people just like you and I. And this is where things start to take a turn because after they're engaged, what do they do? It's very simple. This is not, this is not rocket science. They, they did what any other young engaged couple would do. They started planning their future. They started dreaming of what life was going to be like in the coming years. Wow, this is gonna, maybe, maybe we'll buy a house together. Maybe we'll have two children. Maybe the first one will be a boy and the second one will be a girl. They started planning what their future would be together. And then one day Mary's by her, herself and she has this like random but amazing God moment like she's never had before in her life. An angel appears to her and see she loves God with all of her heart and, and the angel would tell her, Mary, you've been chosen. I've been chosen, okay. You're going to give birth to a son, <laughs> really. Okay, so I'm, I'm engaged and me and Joe, we haven't, there's no way that I'm gonna have a baby. Like, no, 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 no. Mary, you don't understand. You are going to conceive a son by the Holy Spirit. And you can imagine this young lady loves God with all of her heart, but she's also in love with Joseph and she's getting married and God has chosen them to be a part of history. Like life, this is amazing. And so she's thinking to herself, perhaps what any woman, I can't wait to go tell Joe what has just happened. I can't wait to tell him. He's gonna be beside himself with excitement. God has chosen us. So she, she tells him, I'm pregnant. You're, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> One more, you're what? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, you, you, no, 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 what, what? You can imagine the frustration and what would go through his mind in this, he's being a regular guy. He's probably freaking out in the moment. The Holy Spirit? Let me get my hands on the Holy Spirit. Real people with real stories, with real emotions and things take a turn. Things take a massive turn in Matthew chapter one, verses 18 and 19. And I wanna, I wanna kind of share with you what this looks like. And we can kind of imagine, watch Matthew chapter one and 18. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, see they were having, they had a plan. Before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Imagine Go back to that conversation when she tells Joseph what's going on. Hey, I'm pregnant. It was the Holy Spirit. We don't know exactly how he responds. The Bible doesn't give us all of those details, but, but watch in verse 19 what the word of God says. Here's, here's the result. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. What does this tell us? It tells us that he's devastated. 
that he's crushed, that he's humiliated. Read between the lines. He's already put down a deposit at the wedding venue. Like he has already made plans. These things were, were rolling and somehow he's got to go tell his, his mom and his dad. He's got to go tell his friends what has just happened. This is where he is. It's real life. He's going to be publicly humiliated. But even more than that, even worse than that, is that he was in love with Mary. And he thought that God had brought them together like this was, this was amazing, the plans that they had dreamed up, like this was supposed to be right. And then she's pregnant. And if you'll notice, maybe you notice it in, in the scripture, the Bible said that he planned to divorce her quietly and they weren't even in married at this point. But in that day and age, if you were engaged, the only way to officially break off an engagement was with a, an official divorce. And in, in that day and age, it was uh, culturally, super culturally unacceptable and had major implications. And so Joseph is, is saying, God, I, I'm trying to serve you. I'm trying to follow after you. I'm trying to do your will and follow your ways. And now I'm gonna be divorced before it really even gets started. But God, I had a plan. And look at where we are now. Think about Mary's perspective for a moment. When the angel of the Lord appears to Mary, according to Luke uh, 1 and 38, this is what she said. I love her response. She says, may it be done according, may it be done unto me according to your word. Whatever you want for me, God, I'm in. If this is, listen, I love you with everything that I have. And if this is your, if this is what you want for me, I'm in. I'm good, well, let, let it be done according to your will. But now her life is a mess. Her life is turned upside down. She's, she's pregnant without a husband. She's gonna be divorced, single mom in a culture that says you can't get a meaningful job to take care of yourself. She's gonna be begging for the rest of her life trying to raise this child. And you can imagine the rumors floating around about her. And Joseph can't stand her. His family probably can't stand her at the onset of all of this. And I, I have a feeling because they were normal human beings just like you and just like me that there were moments in her mind that she allowed herself to say, God, I have been doing everything that you've asked me to do. I've been following you. I said yes to you when I didn't understand. And look what life, this is not fair. God, I had, I had a plan. But this is exactly where some of us are on this Sunday. Maybe you were financially finally getting ahead for the first time in your marriage and this Christmas was gonna be the Christmas that you were gonna be able to, to provide like you've wanted to provide for your family, but then your car broke down, hundreds of dollars. And now you're walking through a situation that causes you to say, but God, I had a plan and this isn't the plan that I had designed. Maybe you poured your life into your kids and this holiday season, they're making choices that you're sitting back saying, God, I don't understand. I didn't raise them this way. This was, this was not my plan from the get-go. Many of you, perhaps this Christmas season, thought that you would live a happily ever after marriage and the happily's gone. The ever afters are gone as well and now you're trying to figure out and put the pieces back to a plan that you had made years ago but things aren't going according to your plan. 
I don't have three pretty points for you today. I don't. I have one main idea that I want you to wrap your head around as we move quickly into the Christmas season. And this would be for everyone who has found your plan ruined and wrecked. The plans that you had dreamed up coming into 2020 as we move into the holiday season, that things have not gone according to your plan. Here's what I want you to understand is that you don't have to understand the plan to know that God has a purpose. You don't have to understand the plan to know that God has a purpose. Proverbs 19 and 21 says, many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Mary and Joseph's plans were wrecked. They were shattered. They were messed up. Joseph has been thinking about divorce. I have, I have no choice, but as he considers it, watch what verse 20 says. But after Joseph had considered this, an angel of the Lord, this is amazing, appears to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Wait, 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 imagine, that sounds great spiritually and spiritual people were like, whoa, yeah, that's awesome. But can you imagine his human nature? He's saying, wait, 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 wait. Really, God? Like you are behind the worst thing that's ever happened in my life? Like this is the most devastating, humiliating situation that I've ever walked through and you're behind this? You're in on this really, God? Can you imagine the feelings that he would have as he's learning all of this? The last thing that I ever wanted to happen in my life, God, is exactly what you wanted to happen? Really? You mean there's purpose in my pain? Think about, think about this for a second. Mary's pregnant with the savior of the world. God is in on it. And after the emotions settle down and Joseph kind of realized what's, what's really happening here, kind of gets his bearings and he figures out, okay, hey, I understand what's happening. Whew. Man, that was crazy. I can't imagine being hit with that, but whew. okay, Mary, I, I understand where we're at, Lord. I understand. Thank you. I'm, I'm good. I'm calm. Whew. You know what he would think probably? <laughs> this is what I would think. Well, if God is in on this, then moving forward should be no problem. Like we got heavenly connections now. God, God is in on this pregnancy. So moving forward, things should start just progressing nicely. Things should just sail. You're gonna sail right through this, sweetheart. God is so with us, which would be true except for the sailing right through this part. Um, the, the pregnancy part, let's talk about that for a moment. She goes into labor Probably, ladies, if you could pick a place to go into labor, this would probably be your number one choice. The back of a donkey. And, and Joseph is just, he's got the donkey. He's running through stoplights and stop signs trying, hey, babe, we're, she's about to have a baby. We got to get through. You got to let us through. He is in so much trouble. Like, this, is, this is not good for Joseph running red lights and whatnot. And he's even in more trouble because they get to the town that they're supposed to be in and he forgot to make reservations. 
Oh, great job, Joe. Way to drop the ball, buddy. Good job. You, you, you had time to make right. You, you are in trouble, Joe. And where does she give birth? See, they had these heavenly connections. And so maybe God's just gonna help us sail right through this. Everything's gonna be easy. It's gonna be roses. She gives birth and probably, ladies, your number one place, if you could pick a place when you dreamed it up, when you had your place, it would probably be the place that you would pick in a cave with a bunch of farm animals. <laughs> Donkeys and whatnot. Sanitary, I'm sure. That was an awful donkey representation. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no epidurals. I don't even know, but that, I, sign me up for 12. No like soft, quiet music playing in the background. No donkeys hee-hawing. They're gonna live happily ever after. Things are amazing. She has a baby. And things should progress from here, right? Surely this is the point where since we have these heavenly connections that things are gonna get better only for her to find out that Herod, the ruler of their universe, wants her baby dead. Come on, mom and dad. These were normal people just like you and me. Can you imagine your reaction? If, the, if the, the ruler of your known universe wants your child dead, can you imagine the emotion and the thoughts that would go through your mind? But God, I said yes to you, and now look what we're having to walk through. Really, God, come on. I had a plan. Now they're on the run, hightailing it to Egypt. Fast forward 33 years. Mary is standing on, staring up at her son, who is now stripped down and naked, hanging on a cross. His back beaten so bad. We're talking about real people, a real mom looking on at her, her son. His back so badly beaten that organs are no doubt exposed at this point. And mom's looking on wondering what, what is happening I don't understand what is, what's going on and the only way that he can breathe is to put pressure on the stake that's driven in his feet and pull up and then fall back down on the nails that are through his hands. This is, a mom is watching this happen to her son that 33 years ago she said yes to God for all of this. But God, I had a plan, and, and when, when I said yes, I didn't envision, I didn't see, I didn't know what it was all going to look like. I, this, is, this, is not, this is not my plan. On his brow is a crown of thorns. His face is so bruised and swollen, and he's almost unrecognizable. And you know, you know as a parent, she had to be making statements like, God, this is, this is not fair. That's, that's my baby. That's, that's my son. God, I had, I had a plan. 
the mother who said yes looks up and it's not, it's not recorded in your Bible. We're reading between the lines because there's some details that are missing. The highlights are there, sure, but she's human like you and like me. God, he didn't do anything wrong. He's never, literally never done anything wrong. He did everything right. We did everything you asked us to do. Everything that you, you've inquired of us, we have, we've done our very best. Maybe we missed the mark some, but we tried with everything that we had to follow your will and to, to follow after you. No mom should have to see what I'm witnessing right now. And what does Jesus do as they're spitting on him? He looks up to heaven. He says, Father, please forgive them. They know not what they do. She looks on as her son, filled with faith and passion, through the pain, through the agony of what he's endured, cries out, it is finished. As he breathes his last breath, says, into your hands, I commit my spirit. The earth goes dark. The grounds shake and tremble. Mama that said, yes. This is not recorded in your scripture, but she's, she's a mom. She's a parent, like many of us. You can imagine as her legs grow weak, can't support the weight of her body as she sees what is taking place to her son and she falls to her knees and she's weeping. She's crying. She's surely trying to figure out what it all means. Not my baby. Not not my baby. Real people. Real agony. God, I had a had a plan. Mary and Joseph had a plan. But God had a purpose. Mary and Joseph had a plan. But God had a purpose. Would you stand with me? And I don't know if you missed, I don't know if you missed the purpose. It's there, it's, it's hidden in plain sight. It's, it's there for all to see. It's really not that earth shattering. But verse 21 tells us the purpose. Mary, you're gonna give birth to a son. You're gonna give him the name Jesus. Why? Here's the purpose. Mary and Joseph had a plan, but God had a purpose. And this is it, that Jesus will save his people from their sins. What was his purpose, you ask? You were his purpose. Lord, I thank you today. I thank you for 
a mom that said yes. The things I know, there's no way that things could have gone according to the plans that her and Joseph dreamed up as they were engaged in planning their life. Their life was wrecked, it was crazy, everything was shaken and turned upside down. But God, through this story, you show us today that there's purpose in the middle of our pain, that your purpose is so much greater than any plans that we can dream up for ourselves. That even when we don't understand the plan, your purpose is still greater. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I wanna pray specifically for some people in this room who would say, that you're walking through a season that is everything but what you planned for it to be. If that's you, nobody's looking around, I want you to just slip your hand heavenward. So Lord, right now, God, you see every hand represented here today. You know the situations that are represented by those hands. God, I'm so grateful for your purpose, even when I don't understand, even when I can't see it, when it doesn't make sense to me, when I had plans of my own and my plans were great, but you still had a purpose and I couldn't see it. What I was walking through was difficult. Lord, I pray right now for those that are in the most lonely season of their life, that they would see that you have a purpose for them. For those that are dealing with loss this Christmas season, that are dealing with separation, that are dealing with, with wayward children, that you would let them know today beyond their mind, but they would feel it in their heart and they would feel it in their spirit that you have a purpose for them, Lord. And your ways are greater than my ways and your purpose is always greater than my plan. And God, I pray for a supernatural peace today that they would walk out of here today in the middle of one of the darkest situations maybe that they've ever walked through, but they would walk out of here with a smile today knowing that you still have a purpose for them, knowing that you haven't forgotten about them, knowing that even though their world is turned upside down, that your purpose is amazing for their life. Bless them today. Bless them today. And let this Christmas season, even in the middle of their darkest season, let this be the most joyous Christmas that they have ever had because of the understanding that they have of your purpose is alive and well, even in the middle of their pain. Bless them today in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. People say all the time that Jesus is the reason for the season. And it's true. But you, you were the reason he was born. Wow. You were the reason. See, what I love, it's, it's so easy to go through the Christmas story and 
forget about how powerful it really is. And so listen, here's your homework this week. I like to give homework. When you walk into whatever it is that you have to face and you feel, listen, you're human. You're gonna have those thoughts of saying, why God? I don't understand and that's okay. But beyond having those questions, I want you to understand and hold your head high knowing that God still has a purpose for you, that he's not finished with you, that his purpose is so amazing. And, and, And listen, he couldn't let them in on everything because it would blow their mind. They wouldn't be able to handle it if they knew the the full purpose of what everything was, what it was gonna be. And God's purpose for you is so much greater than your plan. And here's the great thing, we come up with great plans for our lives, right? Who who would in here would say, listen, I dreamed up the, the worst plans for my life ever. No, no, none of us. We dream up great plans, but his purpose is so much greater than any plan that you can come up with. So let me pray for you as we leave. Lord, I thank you for today. Wow, I thank you for your presence that is in this place. I thank you for ministering to us and let us not just head knowledge, but we feel you today. And we know that you are with us through this Christmas story, through your birth, Lord. We're so grateful that we're reminded that even though we don't understand the plan, we trust that you have a purpose. So bless us today. Give us a great rest of the weekend and bring us back in our new worship sanctuary next Sunday. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. And somebody said, amen. Hey, as you're leaving today, last bit of homework. We got lots of homework today. I want you to find somebody. Maybe it's your spouse. I just want you to look at them and say, God's got a purpose for you. Yeah. Come on, doesn't that feel good? To speak that, God's got a purpose for you. Hey, we love you. Thank you for being in church today. God bless you. We'll see you back in the house next Sunday, 9 or 11 a.m.